Welcome to Simple Theology, a podcast connecting theology to everyday life by examining various doctrines of the Christian faith. I'm Robert Kane, and I'm Rick Romlick. Welcome, welcome. A a delay. This is going to be bad, man. Uh, <laughs> I already know this is bad. I'm not feeling well. Rob's a sicko. Yeah, I feel really sick, really nasty. Um, and we're recording over the interwebs. Why did you just show me your phone? Well, you were going to call me as a backup, but we never did that either. It's on the ready. I thought, I thought you said your phone was dying. No, I plugged it in for you, man. Dude, I, I got I got my wires. I'm plugged in. I'm charging. Oh, I'm ready to go. Hey, if something happens, give me a call. But we both record audio on um, our individual end, and then Rob masterfully puts those together like a beautiful marriage. And mm. uh, for eternity, they're stuck there. Like, like Christ in the church, right? Mm, yeah. Pretty much. Dude, so I'm, I'm struggling. I feel like I already feel hey, like right, talks Rob, coming up. Rob, <laughs> Rob. So let me let me talk for a minute. Rob has been sick for a good long while. Oh, um, this is going to be a long episode. So um, this is, this is going to be rough. No. So so we're just gonna we're gonna share a little bit that there's been a lot of sickness going around. Yeah, um, yes. Coronavirus. Dude, it's. Fl- <laughs> I think I got it. I'm pretty sure. Um, I'm starting to wonder if I did. I stopped drinking Coronas months ago, and I don't know how I got the virus. Um, anyway, no, but it, there's just been a lot of sickness. And yesterday, Will woke up with just a real, just he was really sick, fever, all that stuff. That was just no fun. I know. He probably got it from Finley. Yeah, no, he did. I'm just kidding. No, he. Well, I don't know. No, probably he, about it. He did. he he, he might have got it from Addy on Saturday. I don't know. No, yeah, it's definitely Addy. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. So we are we're back in the old um, proverbial so. on the on the web saddle um, out there on the line, and uh, we are excited because today mm. we're actually gonna we're gonna do another kind of listener request, um, and this one is one I'm surprised we have not done an episode on this already. When yeah. you had told me about this, Rob, I'm like, there's we've definitely covered that. Now I know we've mentioned it multiple times throughout episodes, but today yep, yep. we're going to talk about expositional preaching, expository, um, where we talk about how you expose. We're not going to talk about how you do it, but the importance of expository preaching. And for some people, they might be like, "Wait, there's different kinds of preaching. What are you, like, what are you talking about?" Yeah. So why don't we start off by? So this is this is listener request. I, I too was a little bit surprised we haven't done this. So shout out to Buzz for sending this in, and shout out. Just, just asked what my viewpoint was on on expositional preaching, and I was I was driving at the time, and I was super giddy to respond because I love. I, I mean, I, I just I love expo- expositional. Preaching. Were you? Did he send an email or was it a, a voicemail? Uh, neither. It was a text message. Text mail. Oh, okay, it's great. Great, 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 great. And, yeah. and Rob, if yeah. anyone else wants to text you, what would they, that number be that they need to text your number at? Um, it, it's going to be 867 <laughs> And that's 867-5309. <laughs> I don't think Any area true. code you want, we'll get it there. Just, you guess. <laughs> is no, that, they all work. Is that, do you have any idea whose number that is? No. Okay, it's great. from a song. Eight six seven five three zero nine eight six seven five three zero nine. Alright, we're good. Thanks. Did I have to explain that to you? Thank you. Appreciate it. You didn't um, know that? No, I didn't. I didn't. Oh, right. Come on. What what commercial? Like what? It's what not a company. commercial. It's a real company. song. But it's a it's real for song. Something. But what's it for? Like what's it? What's it for? There's a, there's a reason for it. You don't no, know. Was, you have no it, idea. <laughs> it was for a musician to make money. They released it as a song, as a as a track, as one would say. <laughs> 
But yeah, it's a real song. You need to look it up. Oh my goodness, this is Rick. <coughs> I would ask you how the Super Bowl went, but you probably don't know what that is either, do you? Here's the thing. Uh, the fact that you're trying to shame me that I don't know that some person wrote a song about a phone number that actually isn't a phone number or a company, and somehow it's famous? I don't buy it. I don't buy it's it famous. It's famous. It's famous. I don't think it is. Nor should anyway. it be. Nor should anyway. it be. Anyway. Preaching. Thanks, no, no, no. Bu- bu- before we even get buzz, there, bu- what, did, what did you bu- think of the Super Bowl, man? It was good. I That was thoroughly enjoyable. Um, yeah. You Were know, you rooting some, for the Chiefs? Some, yeah, I was. So was I. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, most people were, to be honest. When what I was took, your reason? My personal, um, I think Andy Reid, everyone's like, Andy yeah, Reid all the way, man. 100%. But he said he's the winningest coach in the NFL without a Super Bowl win. Yeah, not anymore. Not no more. So I will say that Tom Brady commercial, it got me. I'm like, yeah. what? Is this it? <laughs> Is this it? I wish. I wish. Tom Brady's a jerk. He's not a jerk. He's a class act. He just cheats. That's all. He just cheats. That's good. <laughs> Hey, better. I miss what you said. This internet man is driving me crazy. All right. Well, anyway, we're going to talk more about expositional preaching because that's what we're on here to do. Yes, that is what we're on here to do. Rob, you got some definitions for us of if someone's like, hey, what the heck is expositional or expository preaching? Yes, I've got some definitions. Give us those defs. Okay, so there's Johnny Mack, there's Brian Chapel, there's John Stott, there's Just Alex need a Begg, there's Haddon Robinson, there's Martin Lloyd Jones, there's David Helm, there's John Piper, the definition Albert Moeller, Mark Dever, and Tim <laughs> Keller. So each of them are about a paragraph long, so let's go one at a time here. <laughs> Just kidding. However, all of these are in this article that we will link to in the show notes, but I'm just going to read a couple here. So Brian Chapel in his book, Christ-Centered Preaching, which I can't recommend that book enough. If you are, <clears throat> if you are pursuing preaching, what are the and, what are what are the practical implications when someone says I cannot, you know, whatever enough? I can't recommend it enough. I cannot support it enough. I, you know, like what are the practical outflows of that belief statement? That, that means I just I'm going to continue to recommend it to people, no, no matter I mean, how many times I, it gets old. I think it means you now sell your whole life to recommend that book. Everything, I think you're every a little too far into that. Every dime you have, every hour, every second you own that you've oh. left. Yeah, I don't think that's what you mean when you say you couldn't recommend it enough. I think I would just yeah. say I strongly recommend it. You know what I couldn't recommend enough? <laughs> you stop talking <laughs> and let me read this definition. <laughs> I'll just I'll just do the outro. The rest is on you. <laughs> Oh, man. Okay, here we go. Brian Chapel. The main idea of an expository sermon, the topic, the divisions of the of that idea, main points, and the development of those divisions all come from the truths the text itself contains. No significant portions of the text is ignored. In other words, expositors willingly stay within the boundaries of the text and do not leave until they have surveyed its entirety with its hearers. Great definition. Now, Mark Dever. <coughs> I like this one too. Expositional preaching is preaching in which the main point of the biblical text being considered becomes the main point of the sermon being preached. And let's go one more here. Which one do you want to hear? Um, Johnny Mack, John Stott, Alistair Begg, Haddon Robinson, Martin Lloyd Jones, David Helm, Johnny Pipes, go, Albert Moeller. Um, Tim Keller. Um, you tell I wanna, me which one I you want to go Alistair Begg for 500. Alistair Begg for 500, please. All right, here we go. 
Alistair Bag on expository preaching says, what is unfolding the text of scripture in such a way that makes contact with the listener's world while exalting Christ and confronting them with the need for action? Unfolding the text of scripture in such a way that makes contact with the listener's world while exalting Christ and confronting them with the need for action. Good definition. I like some other ones a little bit more than that. So to summarize it, expository preaching is when the point of the text is the point of the sermon. Yeah. So very, very simply put, point of the text, if it is on repentance, then the sermon, if that is your text, then the sermon's main point will be on repentance, not on a giving campaign, not on, um, I don't know, fasting or on right. um, forgiveness. And, I mean, it's, it's on repentance. If the main point of the text is on repentance, then the main point of the sermon will also be on repentance. I dig it. I like it. Um, Thanks, so man. there's a, a, a definition, Pardon my Mike coughing. Bullmore. You're good. And this is what he says. Uh, a sermon is expositional if its content and intent are controlled by the content and intent of a particular passage of Scripture. The preacher says what the passage says. So, again, reiterating, it's kind of a very basic idea because um, when we read, like everything we read outside of Scripture, this is what we do. Right. We read it, and we're trying to figure out what is the author saying to me, and we use the context of the passage and the chapter and the whole book to understand what message is being communicated. Where What happens, though, with Scripture, and, and, and people do this with just religious texts in general, is they will begin to kind of cherry-pick things, or they'll say, you know, this is a passage about repentance, but it has a phrase about love in it, so I'm going I'm to take this passage on repentance and have a whole sermon about love. Well, love has a lot to do with repentance, but the main content and intent of that passage is, is on repentance, so we're going we're gonna to have a sermon about yeah. repentance. Yep. There you go. Yep. That's one of the things, is that there may be something in that passage that, uh, like you said, discusses love, mm-hmm. and it, it's, not, it's not a bad thing to touch on love while you're preaching that passage. I mean, it doesn't have to be and, repentance, and repentance. You should repentance. If, it, if it talks about it. Exactly. That's but not the main, main thrust. Mm. Yeah. The main point should be the main point of the text. You dummy. <laughs> okay. So, Rick, um, what? So, there, obviously, there is the term expositional or expository preaching, which is essentially allowing the Word of God to be plainly exposed to the listeners. So, we clearly had to come up with that term because we were trying to distinguish it from something else. And what would that something else be? So are you, are you saying that we came up with that term? Not like you and I, but like Christianity as, as a subculture. We came up with the term expository preaching. Why did we have to come up with it, that term? Why? What were we comparing it to? Yeah, so I don't. There's probably some term that I don't know what the word is, but oh come um, on, this is a this is a softball, Rick. That's what you always say. But a lot of people will, will preach topical sermons. Um, yes, that's it. That's it. Oh, I was thinking there's some kind of like better word, but topical sermons, no, which topical. where you know it's just like, hey, this week we're going to talk about you know the topic of love, and so we're going to go to this passage in Corinthians, and we're going to talk about John 17, and then next week we're going to talk about debt and so we're going to talk about you know we're going to, and you kind of jump around and then you begin to you have a theme debt or, or love or repentance or 
evangelism and you build your sermon out just from different verses and passages in Scripture to support that main theme. And so yeah. that's uh, topical preaching. And we were, we're not saying that's necessarily wrong. Yep. We're saying it's, as a rule, not as beneficial. Yeah. Yeah, so that, that was my next question. Is is topical preaching sinful? Yeah, that's what I just said. No. Mm-hmm. So, again, we're, we're not saying it's sin. As I just said, it's not wrong. It's just we think expositional, expository preaching is, uh, we're, we're, we're handling the Word of God better. Yeah, yeah. And, and one way that I've heard people say it is that expository preaching should be the main diet of the congregation. If you want to throw in a Snickers bar, so to speak, every now and then into your diet, that's great. Go for it. That's not necessarily wrong. <clears throat> However, um, if a Snickers bar is your main diet for each meal, mm-hmm. then it's not going to be healthy for you long term. So you're saying the word of God's so, a, a piece of candy, junk food. Because that's I'm, what you I'm just, you just compared it to. to like, I mean, the word of God is junk food. I just don't. I listeners, um, I'm going to separate myself from Rob on this. <laughs> no, but I, I would agree. And I, I would say like, there are occasions where a topical sermon like needs to be, you know, maybe there's an issue in the culture. There's something going on in the church. Um, and you need to kind of pull out of that text that you've been marching through that, that book of the Bible and say, Hey, we're going to do a sermon on just repentance or communion or tragedy or whatever might yeah, yeah, the situation yeah. call for. Um, and, and some churches, they like every year as a part of their pattern, they will, they'll take a few weeks and, and have topical sermons that same kind mm-hmm. of month or, you know, a lot of people do it with Easter and Christmas. I mean, every year that some with yeah. 4th of July, Mother's Day, those kind of holidays can be very topical. Yep. 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 Burs. So with that, Rick, um, yes, Rob. So, I'm thinking about <coughs> thinking about the person out there who who maybe yeah exactly. I am constantly thinking about coughing. I'm thinking about the person who may be out there and might be thinking, okay, wait a second. If the pastor is doing a topical sermon, how dare and he? They are consistently and faithfully pointing to the text. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why Why would we say that expository is better than? topical in that instance yeah so i think um again you have to you, you use the analogy of like your diet but yeah. also think about like a, just short-term long-term kind of view on things so short-term like hey he's spending 30 minutes and he's pulling the same amount of verses on a topical sermon as he is in an expositional sermon he's pointing to scripture he's building his case and again that's not wrong but i think when you can give people the broad whole swath of a passage or a, a, a book, right? So this letter is from Paul, and this letter had a specific purpose addressing specific things, and so we need to get that from the beginning to the end, get the whole context, everything that's happening, and we can even support our sermon with other passages from other books, but we want yeah. people to get the big picture, the major kind of overarching themes of each book and how they tie into the gospel and the major overarching themes of scripture and how they tie into the gospel. The best way to do that is through expository preaching. Again, doesn't mean topical is bad. I just think in the long run, it's, it's, you're going to be healthier. Your, your people, your, your people will have a better understanding of scripture because you're going through it um, expositionally. 
Yeah, yeah. So let me read a portion of what I responded with that with that question. I said, um, if we allow it, Scripture covers all the topics. Expository preaching shows our people how to read the Bible better. By allowing the text to speak for itself, we are passively discipling our people to look closely and to chew on the text with greater expectation. One of the issues that I think that most pastors, and probably even most Christians, would agree with that in our culture, just at this this cultural moment, mm-hmm. um, which by the way, I haven't listened to that podcast in a while. I should probably pick it back yeah, up. No. But at, in this cultural moment in the West, we are uh, more than ever biblically illiterate. We just don't know mm. where to find biblical passages. We don't know our Bibles like generations before us. And part of that's just because the way that society has gone. And I'm not here to just like doom and gloom, like all back in the old good old days. Back when, in my days, we had KYB in sword, yeah. sword drills. <laughs> um, but how, how do you feel like the the idea of expository preaching? KYB and, was for Know Your Bible, by the way. Just yeah, in case people yeah. didn't know that. Good explanation. Sorry, Rob, were you saying something? So, yeah. Thanks. How, how do you... How do you put together the idea of biblical illiteracy and expository preaching? Do you find those things to be connected? Um, no, I find them to be at odds. Like, because people are illiterate, they they prefer not to do expositional preaching. Yeah, that's what I was getting at. Okay. Well, connected in that way. Yes, yeah. So, people are more apt to not get the whole view i mean this is why like people don't even read books they read spark notes and even that like man, we we only want to take like 10 second chunks um of and we just want to be done like give me the, the just the very the summary statement and that can't be a paragraph it has to be a sentence two maybe three sentences and that's it and so we have very short attention span we don't desire to dig into things and to kind of understand how it all fits together um it's just like just tell me what it says and i'll go from there and so very much at odds um but i think with that the thing about scripture is it's truth and so the f- <coughs> that didn't help at all um ah, the, the fact that it it is truth um people have a like a built-in hunger for it and so where I might be reading other books or consuming other content and I'm just like, I'm tired of like, I just want the summary statement. I just want to get it quick. The more people actually like get just snippets of scripture and the truth, the more hungry for for the truth they become um, if they're followers of Christ or if the, or if the Holy Spirit's wooing them. So we need to remember that and, and just remember, you know, taking a son in, in the sermons, if we can begin to even discipline ourselves and it's hard like reading large chunks of scripture not like hey let's all read isaiah this morning but um you know reading through a chapter or whatever the whole text you're preaching on like and trying to teach people to sit listen pay attention and get something out of that like that's hard that's that's a different thing we don't really do that in our culture so that's something as as preachers you have to kind of work towards and and you can't just show up on a sunday and just expect your people to be cool with that you kind of have to as you do yourself, train yourself in that. So helping people to sit, to consume larger quantities of information, um, but also remembering that because the Holy Scripture is living and active and it's truth, people will have a, a desire for it, a craving for it. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I, I feel like exactly what you said, us being designed to be in a relationship with God and the Scriptures being His Word, mm-hmm. the more clearly we can hear His Word, mm-hmm. 
the more we are going to desire him because the more clearly we're going to be able to see who he is. Exactly. It's so, it's so common, man, for us to just skip over certain portions of scripture. I mean, we make the joke like numbers is just tough. Deuteronomy the, is the book tough. of numbers. The Old Testament yeah. just tends to be the way, the way that our minds work just tends to be more difficult for us to get through. Mm-hmm. However, if we have someone showing us through expository preaching, mm-hmm. I mean, Lord willing, you're going through the scriptures on your own mm-hmm. and you're not just piecemealing it all together anyway. But if you have your, well, your pastor, I think I would say the Lord does will it. Hopefully they're being obedient to it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Good clarification. Good clarification. Right. So if you're, if your pastor is showing you, Hey, this passage. So I was just talking with, with Zach the other day, Zach Murphy, and he was talking about the passage. Zach Murphy. Uh, yeah, where the donkey speaks, and I can't remember the the main character's name, so I probably should have written this down first. However, <laughs> it's where the the angel of the Lord shows up, mm-hmm. and the donkey is stopped, right? And um, the the main character is like about to kill his donkey, and right. the donkey all of a sudden speaks and says, "Am I not? Am I not the donkey you've ridden your whole life?" Okay, now that is a weird passage. It's just a, a really mm-hmm. weird passage. However. If, if your pastor or whoever is doing the preaching um, is able to take that passage and show you what the main point of that passage is, then, man, that just increased and sharpened your ability to walk through the scriptures and to be able to understand those difficult passages better mm-hmm. and to, Lord willing, better understand the Lord better. Mm-hmm. So um, I think one of the primary things that are a benefit, most obvious benefit from expository preaching is just better discipling your people mm-hmm. because we are formed and shaped by the word of God. And if we are skipping over portions of the word of God that second Timothy says that are <coughs> man, I'm struggling. That's all right. Says, says are beneficial right. for training us up in righteousness and to be, be being godly individuals. Then man, we're doing ourselves a disservice. Yeah. Yeah. We, I mean, and, and even in quote Ephesians four eleven, we have to build up and equip the, the saints for the work of ministry. And so if, so we had this conversation briefly um, just before I started recording about how, you know, systematic theology is uh, very beneficial. And, and uh, it's kind of hard to figure. Systematic theology is like the system of using, of like kind of having a topic and using scripture to, to deal with it, right? So John Frame has a great systematic theology. Wayne Grudem has a great systematic theology. Rob has a... Louis Burkhoff. Louis Burkhoff. Um and so, like, you look at a topic and you go through it. Okay, that's great. Now, that's different than a biblical th- theology. Now, we're not talking about, like, having a biblical theology, but, like, um, a book about biblical, the- biblical, the- biblical theology. Biblical theology as a book is going to be more expositional and go through just as the passage goes, whereas systematic is more topical. So it's very helpful to have systematic theology, right? And just as it's very helpful to be able to address one issue, right? It's also, you, you get to that point because you understand the exposition of a text, of a, of a chapter, of a book. So you start with the exposition of the text, and then you can use it to support the main point, or a, it could have a secondary point that it supports, or, or a third point that it supports. But you, you have to start out with the exposition of it before you can get to like the topical or the systematic theology element of it. Maybe that was really confusing, yeah. but hopefully that helps. Also, yeah, if, if, you're, uh, if you're 
preachers preaching on that passage about Balaam and his donkey, and they pull yeah, out Balaam, I was they about pull to tell out you that. Shrek, and it's like playing a Shrek video. Um, that's a concern. That's a, that should be a red flag. <laughs> Don't do that, guys. Don't do that. Rick, take that out of your sermon for next week. <sighs> if only I had PowerPoint or a screen to play it on. <laughs> If you look at a page four of your bulletin, oh uh, you'll see a donkey. Can someone in the K- see KJV read this one? It's going to be more colorful. Yeah. Uh-huh. Exactly. Anyway. So, yeah. yeah so, um, so, I was just going to say, um, Rob, I know you're going to talk about some just helpful links you're going to put in there and stuff. Um, but what would be some, some dangers of avoiding, like, we talked about discipleship, like these are some dangers, but also like th- there's a couple other kind of real big dangers if we ignore expositional um, preaching, teaching. Yeah. And, and yeah, so I know I think, this, this also includes teaching as well, small group studies, any kind of study, but yeah. Yeah. And just to clarify, again, we're not, we're not saying that topical studies or topical preaching is wrong. We're just saying it shouldn't be the steady diet, the main course mm-hmm. of a Christian's life. So, um, some dangers, I think, I think at best, it just means that you may not understand that particular mm-hmm. passage right. as richly as you otherwise could have. Correct. Mm-hmm. At worst, I think you could fall into some heretical beliefs. Mm-hmm. I mean, thinking through Mormons and thinking through Jehovah's Witnesses who take passages of the Bible, of Scripture, and twist them because they do not look at the context of the passage. They don't allow the text to clearly expose itself. They just take one passage and hone a microscope on it and never pan back to to see the forest through the trees. And so it's one of those things where if you end up only doing topical, then you could lead yourself mm-hmm. or you could be led down a very dangerous path theologically. That's the worst case. Yeah. I don't want to scare people or anything like that. I'd say in most cases in churches, it's just you just don't understand you miss out on understanding that passage as richly as you otherwise could have. I agree. On the flip side of that, what what would be some dangers of being like just iron fist, expositional, nothing else? We don't we don't alter at all. Are you talking to me? Sorry, you broke out there. Oh, uh, sorry, I was talking to, to Gary over there, the other guy who does the ball. Oh, Gary, yes. Gary, you want to chime in <laughs> on Guys, that? Guys, Gary's Gary's on the <laughs> on the pod here. We forgot. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Yes, the, qu- the question, just the flip side of of the of, expo- of expositional preaching, and that is being too um, closed fisted and just iron about it, and not being a little bit open minded. Yeah, I mean, I think you can miss out on some good pastoral opportunities for mm-hmm. your people because maybe maybe you've gone through nine expository sermon series, mm-hmm. and maybe your people just need to better understand what it looks like to be a people who are open handed with tithes and offerings. Right. And the money. So, it's so always the big you, one. Yeah, exactly. Or maybe maybe you're going through and you really want to emphasize to your people the importance of discipleship. Mm-hmm. And so you say, look, we've, we've gone through several expository sermons now, but I want to take yeah. I want to take a few weeks just to talk about this particular topic. So right, I, th- I think right. you'd just be missing out on an opportunity to, to better pastorally shepherd the people that the Lord has given you. And <coughs> um, where was I going with that? Right up the middle. Right up the middle, Rob. Just missing out on opportunities to shepherd. And I think I would just add, like, there's a lot of times there's issues that, you know, don't actually come up a whole lot in Scripture that maybe it's really relevant. Um, The issue of of 
transgenderism comes up a lot in identity, but it's it's not a clear thing. So you might need to take a little break and talk about that. Yeah, yeah. You know, give it give it the time of the sermon and deal with it. Yep. Yep. I remember what I was going to say. Um, it was essentially that if you just allow, and I said this earlier, but if you allow the text to be the text, mm-hmm. you are going to cover the vast yep. majority of topics that you're going to run into. Right. I mean, just right. by walking through scripture passage by passage. And mm-hmm. I don't I don't think necessarily with expository preaching you have to go verse by verse. There are other folks who would say that. I would say more so that it's it's healthy to go passage by passage mm-hmm. because maybe you want to cover a chapter or something like that and if you have to go through all 67 verses then I mean you may be tight fisting yourself or straight jacketing yourself into a position where the main point of that passage could clearly be preached in one sermon, but because of how many verses it is, mm-hmm. you're going to have to repeat yourself several yeah. times. Yeah. So if you're a verse by verse expositor, that that's fine. I think that's great. Um, I thought you just said it wasn't it, great. I would just say, well, I just would say that if you are a passage by passage expositor, mm-hmm. um, then don't feel bad about that. Yeah. But one thing I would say is say if you're going it. to try to do expository preaching, the, the primary thing there is don't jump from various passages to various passage. If you're going to go through James, then take that passage by passage and preferably right. in order from starting in chapter one and just going from there. Like, don't yeah. jump from James chapter two to Jude to mm-hmm. Genesis. I mean, that's more so what I'm getting at. The, the other thing I would say about um, expositional preaching, this is strictly from a... Um, so, not selfish, but it's just it's just easier. I'm not thinking yeah. like, man, what am I gonna what am I gonna preach on? What's my next series, and what am I gonna you know come up with? It's like, well, we're going through James, so I'm gonna preach through James. After that, we're gonna go through yeah. you know Ephesians, and then we're gonna go through Isaiah, and so like I'm pretty much set. I I go do the then go do the work, but I'm not yeah. spending time trying to just like what am I gonna talk about? What do my people need to hear? Yeah. Trust the Lord is guiding you and guiding your people, and He's leading you and the elders on what passage to preach through. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that, and that's one of the things is that as you are, one of the arguments I've heard against expository preaching is that it just doesn't leave any room for the Holy Spirit. They say, mm. what if what if the night before I feel like the Holy Spirit is just leading us to talk about something else? I was mm. saying, okay, like then if you're convinced of that, then do that. However, I think you should also trust that the Holy Spirit is mm. also in your planning. Yeah, And as you as elders gather and think through, all right, Holy Spirit, lead us. In March, we're going to go through. We're going to go through right. John, and then we're going to start that in March. We're going to take that up through June. Then June, we're going to go through some of the Psalms, mm-hmm. and then we're going to go through. Book of, I mean, trust that the Holy Spirit is also working there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or else, you know, every week it'll just depend on how you feel about it, and then yeah, yeah. So, um, Rob, some some good resources. We'll put some links to articles. Um, you have any, you want to mention uh, Nine Marks does a, a book uh, called Expositional Preaching by David Helm. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah. David Helm um, says how we speak God's word today. Just really helpful little book. I think yeah, I'm going to look at it. It's not long at all. I mean, we're talking 118 pages. Um, 116 yeah. pages. <laughs> those, so those books 112 are, those are short pages. 112 pages to the conclusion. Including the yeah, appendix, so very short page. It's it's fun, just a great little book, and uh, just that's one resource I'd recommend for sure. Yeah, strong, strongly recommend that one. Um, also, would recommend Brian Chapel's Christ Centered Preaching. Mm-hmm. I think that was a great one. Yeah. Herschel York's Preaching with Bold Assurance. 
um, John Stott's uh, Between Two Worlds. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think I think those are great. Right. There's also um, there are I just talked about a Nine Marks book, but Nine Marks has a journal on expositional preaching, um, which is super helpful. And there's just a great, we can hopefully put a link to there, but I think they did a whole <coughs> journal, which is multiple articles um, on expositional preaching. So, yeah. yeah. And, and also we we'll just point to you to, to the Nine Marks podcast, Pastor's Talk. They, they just started the new one as well called Preacher's Talk. Um, check those out. Both of those are tremendous. They happened to talk about expository preaching this past week as well. Did they? So yeah. that was completely unintentional on our end. However, well, it out well, I sent I sent John Jonathan. Sorry, Jonathan. Um, he likes to go by Jonathan. I just sent him a quick text and said, "Hey, we're going to be talking about." Th-. He asked what we were talking about this week. Yeah, Lehman. And, yeah. yeah. Yep, yep. So uh, I wasn't going to say his last name, but yeah, Jonathan Lehman. I just said, "Hey, yeah, it's okay." Hey, you know what, Mark and John, you guys need to step off. And, and sure enough, they they pull, they beat us to the punch. What can I say? Yeah, they did. Those Man, rascals. Yeah, what can we say? What can we say? But but uh, just on a final thought here. I think it's, we are, if you're a preacher, it, it's really a unique gift to be able to preach the word. And Well, well clarify are, that for a minute. You're not saying those who preach the word are just uniquely gifted. No, I'm saying it's a unique gift that God allows us to preach his word. It's a great privilege to do that, yeah. Yeah. <coughs> I would Pardon? agree. Yeah, it is a I privilege. I would 100% agree. So, so... When when you are preparing for that, do your best just to to make sure that God's words are the words that are being proclaimed. The I mean, faith comes through hearing and through hearing the words of Christ. Mm-hmm. And my words can't save somebody. The Lord can use my words insofar as they are consistent with Scripture to speak to speak to an individual. Uh, but but man, you have the opportunity to to say God's words to people. Right. Don't take that lightly. Right. It's a it is a gift. There it is. True that, brother. True that. And that'll preach. Expositionally. That will preach. Or expositionally. Or topically. However you want to take that one. Um, yeah. But yeah, we uh, just always appreciate you guys. Hopefully, this episode on expositional preaching answered some questions. Maybe it triggered some more questions. Love to hear from you if you have more questions for us. Um, and again, we, we strongly would encourage those um, who have the honor and the great responsibility of preaching to do it expositionally. Um, with that, we are just delighted that you are tuning in and listening, and uh, you can always find more Simple Theology content uh, simpletheology.org um, we are on social media and by we I mean Robert and you can look us on any kind of platform with hashtag simpletheologypod we do have an Instagram page simpletheologypod on Instagram and um, we have a phone number and I'm going to let Rob quote the phone number because 614-233-1098 call leave us a voicemail if, if you'd like um, and Rob will listen to that, and hopefully he doesn't screen any of those. But Rob, have we ever got a telemarketer yet? I don't uh, think so. Not yet. Play that on the air. That'd yeah. be good. Um, anyway, yeah, appreciate you guys. Really appreciate hearing from you and the support. It's also swag. People can get simple theology swag. I think still, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Get some swiggy swag, guys. Swag. Go on there. Yeah. There you go. Any final words, Rob? Point peace. Nope, peace I'm out. About to cough. So peace, peace out, out, y'all. <laughs>